Hello, freedom fighters, freedom lovers, and those who just want stuff for free. It's Mr. Palumbo, and welcome to the Professor Liberty Podcast, where we try to give you a solid 15 minutes of knowledge and truth. And anything after that, it's anyone's guess. Today, I thought we'd do another This Day in History. You know, I received a lot of good reaction and comments on that first episode of This Day in History, which was on Lincoln's assassination. You can check that out. I believe it was episode 25. Uh, so go ahead and please check that out if you'd like. But anyway, we I thought we would do another one of this day in history. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I really appreciate everyone who takes time out to listen to these podcasts. And uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess I, you know, I was doing a little research and I read that the way a podcast grows is through word of mouth. So I'm going to shamelessly ask you, if you like this podcast, if you feel like this would help somebody in some way, you find it entertaining, you find it enlightening, you find it edifying, please tell your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your communist cousins, whoever you think would enjoy this, please help me out and spread the word. All right, so what happened today? Well, a lot, actually. I have a few good honorable mentions, but we will do that towards the end of the program. I have to say, I'm a little ashamed. I totally, I overlooked and forgot about something that happened Monday, this Monday, April 19th, and it was the shot heard round the world. British soldiers clashed with colonial militia as they were attempting to seize munitions stored in Concord, and this would be the official spark of the Revolutionary War. Uh, Mr. Palumbo, why were the British trying to capture munitions? You make it sound like it's a bad thing. Why don't you just trust those in charge? Why? Well, let me ask you a question. Why do governments, why do any governments or any occupying force seek to take away guns? If you take away guns, you take away the ability of people to defend themselves. Name one dictator that allowed citizens to possess guns. Exactly. So today we're going to talk about something that happened in 1918. Now, you history buffs out there, you might already guess the topic in world history if we're discussing that year. What large-scale war was raging in 1918? Okay, I'll give you some more guess. I'll give you some more hints, right? It was a world war. It was called the Great War. In fact, it was called the War to End All Wars. Yes, if you haven't gotten it by now, I'm just going to give it to you. That's right, folks. We're talking about World War I. Now, any real discussion of World War I is going to eventually lead to technology. World War I was a massive conflict engulfing several European powers as well as the United States. And though many scholars label the American Civil War as the first, quote, modern war, World War I is certainly that first global conflict where many new advances in technology would influence tactics and strategy. And unfortunately, it would also cause casualties to go up exponentially. So on this day, April 21st, 1918, the infamous German combat pilot, the Red Baron, will take his final flight and he will die over the skies of France. 
So World War One, we see the introduction of many things that are used today. Many things we kind of expect to see in war, a lot of these things made their debut in World War One. Things like the submarine, the machine gun, the tank, all of these things kind of come to the forefront and are used in war, in tactics, during World War One. Each of these new technologies had a major impact on warfare. But the one invention that would change not only war, but the world forever, that's right, boys and girls, the airplane. You know, air travel has brought the world together. Travel that used to take months can take mere hours. The airplane has contributed to globalization and the spread of culture across the planet. Because of the airplane, people's goods, their mail, can reach relatives living thousands of miles away. The invention of the airplane also directly affected the space race and the study of the outer atmosphere as well as the universe beyond. However, with all of these inventions, while the airplane has countless benefits to the world, it has also been used to bring destruction and death. You know, it seems like it's that way for all inventions, right? The internet, for example, is a great tool and it has great benefits, but it also has some terrible disadvantages, right? There's a, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that is not appropriate. It is destructive. Uh, so, you know, it's good and bad. You take the good with the bad. Reference.com writes, the invention of the airplane also greatly changed the course of modern warfare. Without airplanes, there would be no air force. Planes played a major difference in World War I, and since then, planes have been used to transport soldiers, emergency supplies, and spy on the enemies abroad, unquote. Now, when discussing aviation in World War I, we have to remember that airplanes, historically speaking, are still infants. Remember that the Wright brothers flew in 1903, so we're talking only a few years from that event to the start of the Great War in 1914. And it still blows my mind that we went from two guys in North Carolina flying for 59 seconds in 1903 to landing on the moon in 1969. Just 66 years later. That is incredible. Anyways, I say all this about aviation being young to point out that most of the airplanes used in World War I were for recognizance and intelligence gathering. There wasn't much air combat in World War I, and the combat that did occur, it's going to be towards the end of the war. The first fighter plane appeared in 1915, and aerial bombing campaigns began shortly after that. As I was researching for this episode, I actually learned that in 1915, German forces actually had a successful bombing campaign of London. So the planes flew to London, unloaded their cargo, and flew home safely. It was the first successful bombing run. While casualties caused by airplanes are very low compared to things like artillery and machine gun fire, the airplane oddly boosted troop morale and it was highly effective as a psychological weapon. Air combat also gave rise to dogfighting and something called the Flying Ace. An ace was a combat pilot that secured five or more enemy kills in the air. These Flying Aces quickly became celebrities in their respective countries. 
State propaganda painted these pilots as brave daredevils of the sky, and folks back home ate it up. Well, when talking about things like aces, we all know eventually the question comes, well, who's the best? That person was German ace Manfred von Okay, I'm going to mess this up, okay? I'm going to try my best, and I know there's going to be somebody listening to this podcast who is German that is going to do a facepalm, but his last name is Richthofen, Richthofen, Mandarin von Richthofen, otherwise known as the Red Baron, and for obvious reasons, this is from now on what we are going to call him, the Red Baron. In a short span of only 19 months, between 1916 and 1918, the Red Baron racked up over 80 Allied kills. And just for perspective, the next ace after him was French pilot René Fonac with 75 kills. Even today, to be a combat pilot needs, means you have to have guts and grit. And the Red Baron had buckets of both. The Baron was quickly seen for his courage when he served in the cavalry. But for some reason, and I couldn't figure out why, he was assigned to the back of the line in supply. According to History.com, Richtofen requested a transfer to the Imperial German Air Service, supposedly writing to his commanding officer that he had not joined the military to, quote, Collect eggs and cheese, unquote. (laughs) I love this guy. This guy wanted to fight. His request was granted, and by June 1915, he was in a plane. By 1917, the Baron was given command of his own squadron, racking up kills, and was awarded the Blue Max, Germany's most prestigious medal at the time. It was also around this time that he painted his plane red and spawned the nickname... The Red Baron. History.com goes on to say, unlike many in World War I's top pilots who pride themselves on their white-knuckle acrobatics, Richtofen was a conservative and calculating tactician. Preferring to avoid unnecessary risks, he typically fought in formation and relied on the aid of his wingmen to ambush his enemies by diving at them from above. To mark his growing body count, he commissioned a German jeweler to make a collection of small silver cups bearing the date of each of his aerial victories, unquote. Man, this guy had moxie, didn't he? However, folks, there's an old saying, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And the Baron proved this old saying to be true. On this day in 1918, the Red Baron was shot in the torso over the skies of France. It is said that the Allied forces recovered his body and gave him an honorable military burial. History.com writes, The 25-year-old had only prowled the skies for less than two years, but his confirmed 80 aerial victories proved to be the most of any pilot on either side of World War I. His mysterious death and his legend as a fearsome Red Baron ensured that he lingered in the popular conscience after the conflict had ended. And he has been since depicted in countless books, films, songs, comic strips, and television programs. You know, reading that quote, two things immediately came to my mind. Number one, how crazy is it that this guy was only 25 years old? Did you know that Alexander the Great was barely 30? 
when he conquered most of the Middle East and parts of Asia. When James Monroe and James Madison signed the Declaration of Independence, they were 18 and 25, respectively. Martin Luther was 33 when he posted his 95 thesis on the church door in Wittenberg and challenged the most powerful institution in Europe, the Catholic Church. Elizabeth I became Queen of England when she was only 25. Sacagawea, the Shoshone Indian, was only 16 when she helped Lewis and Clark across America's frontier. This is kind of crazy. Today we have people postponing marriage, postponing careers, postponing buying a house, postponing having kids. It's fascinating to me that by the time our ancestors were conquering lands, leading army, and ruling nations, folks today are barely starting adult life. My second thought after reading that quote was more of a question. Why is this Red Baron so intriguing? Even today, his exploits are lauded. He's the face of Red Baron frozen pizza, for goodness sake. He influenced Charles Schultz in his famous Peanuts cartoon. You remember Snoopy, the dog, flies his doghouse in the guise of the Red Baron. When me and the kids, one summer, we we bought one of those wood biplane models at Home Depot. And obviously, the only thing we could do, it was a biplane, right? So it had the two wings. Who is, who, how should you paint it? We painted it red. And we put German crosses on the wings, just like the Red Baron. Why do you think his legend remains? I don't know. That's just something we'd have to discuss. Maybe it's because... He was the first. You know, we we appreciate trailblazers, and history certainly seems to appreciate trailblazers. Maybe because he was so brave. Maybe it's because he was the best. You know, in today's participation trophy era, we try to frown on competition. But deep down, we are competitive creatures, and everyone loves and wants to be the best. All right, so here's the honorable mentions, uh, things that happened also on April 21st in history. In 752 B.C., according to legend, Remus and Romulus founded the city of Rome. Hey, that's a great dinner conversation, boys and girls. Hit your mom and dad with this. Hey, what'd you learn in school today? Or what'd you learn on the Professor podcast today? Well, dad, did you know that the city of Rome, do you know who it's named after? Romulus was the first king of Rome who killed his twin brother and was nursed by a she-wolf. Make sure you say that when he's drinking something, just for the reaction. Uh, In 1836, the Battle of San Jacinto. It's not Jacinto, it's Jacinto. Texas win independence from Mexico. In 1898, Spain declares war on the United States, sparking the Spanish-American War. And here's something interesting. In 1967, Joseph Stalin's daughter, arrives in New York City after defecting to the United States. Ah, that's socialism. It's so great, even the dictator's family can't wait to leave. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email me, I need some, I need some email material, guys. I need some, I need some mailbag material. The email is professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. Until next time, go throughout the land 
and proclaim liberty.